0: Yeah, my life's a love song to you. Is a little different style of roll in than we have had previously, but I want you to know, oh, I love the words to that song. You know, one thing I have noticed for my life specifically, and that is I, I feel like I grew up with a pretty good understanding of a couple of things related to the gospel. Uh, this fat boy is a little bit out of breath, Cole. God, I ran from the Sorry, back. Sorry, <laughs>
1: you've got the first part and I'm not helping. So, so
0: you're out of breath for probably being yeah, back there. Yeah,
1: I mean, I did prayer and live, or uh, a roll in. I did a lot.
0: Yeah, you, know, you did. You, you pulled your weight. <laughs> so um, I, I grew up with kind of a, a good understanding of a couple of things related to the gospel. One of those has to do with um, the whole thing about my past and how you, and how the past... Um, I have been forgiven for those things, those sins that I have committed in my past. Those sins were paid for on the cross. And, and I had a pretty good understanding. The Christian church, as I grew up overall, the church overall, uh, it it really taught me that pretty well, about what God has done through the gospel to my past sins. And then It also um, has done a pretty good job of looking forward. In other words, I know because of my upbringing, what I've been taught and how I I, I learned through Scripture and the church taught me, and as far as my future is concerned, because I'm a Christ follower, the gospel has taught me that I one day am going to have a home with Christ in heaven. And so the Christian church has done a pretty good job about helping me understand the sins, my sins, and my past. It's done a pretty good job of helping me understand that one day I'm going to have a home with Christ in heaven. But that has left for me, so if that is over here my past and way over here is my future, then right here in the middle of the here and now in my life there was a ginormous black hole. What on earth does the gospel, the fact that Jesus died on the cross for me and for you, what on earth does that have to do with right now? And then that now we just had. And that now. (laughs) Day by day by day. What does the gospel have
1: to do with that? Well, for me, I mean, I can kind of come at it, too, in, a, in another, not another angle, but a different way. I mean, if you ask me, well, let me put it this way. If you're like me, uh, whether you're in this room, you're watching, Harley, if you're like me, if someone asks me what I know, I can tell them pretty quick. I'm really good at telling somebody what I know. Uh, you know, like, for instance, uh, if you ask me right now, who's the greatest basketball player to ever live, I'm going to tell you real quick. Michael Jordan, no questions asked, Uh, it's done deal, sign sign me up, you know, last day, Sunday night, 8 o'clock tonight, don't miss it, it's awesome, like, what are we on episode, like 7, 8, I don't know, anyway, so you ask me what I know, I'm going to be able to tell you, and then, from there, if you ask me what I think, (laughs) well, then you need to have a seat, because I can really get into talking about what I think. And from there, if you ask me what I want, if you ask me what I want, well, have a seat, grab your Mountain Dew, and, you know, get comfortable. Because if you ask me what I want, I can talk to you guys forever. I can talk and talk and talk about what I want. And I don't have to think about it. I can do it relatively quickly. Uh, I don't have to practice it. I don't have to rehearse it. It just comes out. It's on the tip of my tongue. What I know, what I want, what I, uh, what I, what I, what I think, it, it just comes out relatively quickly. And we can do the same thing, Harley, I think, when we talk about love. I'm going to be real honest with you. This morning's teaching, what we're talking about, it ain't the most comfortable thing for me to talk about. I mean, I'm not, you know, a lovey-dovey talking about this kind of stuff kind of guy. This ain't my, this is not my typical Comfort zone. So you're
0: saying you're really pretty good good with the social distancing, no hugging. This
1: no no hugging thing has been awesome. Um, I love it. And people just, you know, like, hey, give me a fist bump. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you two fist bumps. But, um, you know, anyway, we can talk about love. We can talk about Jesus. We can talk about God. We can talk about the many things, uh, the different ways that he's worked in this world. But at the end of the day, that's really just an idea of who we are, an idea of what we really believe deep down. The reality is, if you want the reality of who I am, who Harley is, who anybody watching us right now is, you actually kind of have to zoom out away and look at really our life. You have to look at the movie of our life to get a better picture of what we actually do, our actions as opposed to words. You have to watch what I do. Yeah,
0: Um, and so it's not really what they say about the past. Thank you, Cole. It's not really what they say or what somebody says about the past. It's not really... uh, it's, it's, it's not really what they say about the future and about their home with Jesus, so not about really what they say about forgiveness, what they say about being with Jesus in the future, but rather, we have to look at what someone is doing right now. We have to look at that. Because I believe what we're doing tells more of a truth than what we say. We have to look at that because it speaks louder than our words speak. It speaks louder than our Instagram post or our Facebook post. And for many of us, if you're anything like Coleride, this leaves a giant hole in the gospel. Because we can talk about the past forgiveness all day long, right? We can talk about this future hope that we have because of Christ all day long. But the here and now gospel, what that means right now, that can be a big giant black hole for many of us. And it swallows up our lives, and it happens moment by moment. And I really think, As we're going to see, God has something to say about this. We're going to look at nine very simple verses, but it's a matter of life and death.
1: Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, I can get up here, man, and I I can talk, and I can make anybody believe a lot of things about myself, but it's my... What I do, you know, is really where you can get a true picture of who I am. But what we're going to talk about this morning, we've got what, nine verses or so. We, Very few verses we're going to use this morning from the New Covenant, but they were written by an individual by the name of Peter. And we've talked about Peter quite a bit the last uh, few weeks. We've talked about him quite a bit. And Peter was one of the handful of people who were closer, to, who was closer to Jesus than anybody else. Specifically, the uh, the last three years that Jesus walked on. The earth. He was one of the, probably his very best friend. Peter, James, John, they were kind of Jesus' best friend. So Peter, he is one of the, if not the closest follower that Jesus has. Uh, this is Peter who was there almost daily with Jesus. This is Peter who saw Jesus tortured, he saw Jesus executed, and then he saw Jesus living again. And this is the same Peter who for a period of 40 days following Jesus' resurrection until his ascension pretty much spent every day with Jesus, eating, laughing, talking, learning, This is the Peter that we're going to uh, be talking about. So, what we're going into, I don't want you to just think, okay, we're reading the Bible. We're just reading something from the Bible. We're reading something from the New Testament. I want you to take it a little bit deeper than that and actually think, you know what? We're reading a first-person account of someone who was probably Jesus' closest friend that saw him perform miracles, saw him tortured, executed, came back to life, and spent 40 days walking, talking, and laughing with him. It's A pretty good source. So I'm going to go with what Peter has to say. In fact, the words that we're going to read here in just a few minutes, Peter probably wrote while he was in prison in Rome. Uh, He was probably in prison in Rome about 30 years after Jesus had ascended. So this is about 30 years after Acts chapter 1, and Peter is in prison. He's in Rome, and in fact, he's about to be executed himself by the Roman emperor Nero. And Christian tradition actually tells us he was, he was crucified upside down. We, we don't know if that's true or not. That's what Christian tradition tells us. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is this. If I'm going to listen to someone about how to live in the here and now, in the moment, minute by minute, moment by moment, Peter's a pretty good, pretty good source to go off of. And so we're going to jump in 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 3. And this is what Peter has to say. By his divine power. So whose divine power? God's. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So we're not talking about yesterday. We're not talking mm-hmm. about tomorrow. We're talking about now, a godly life today. Peter's saying, you've got everything that you need. The toolbox that you need to live basically like Jesus lived, you got it, if you're a follower of Jesus. So if you've checked that box, and we and become a follower of Jesus, the toolbox has got everything that we need in it as we make our decisions, moment by moment, day by day, to live like Jesus did. And that divine power that Peter's talking about is... The Spirit of God.
0: Yeah, and when Jesus left this earth after his resurrection, after he came back to life, and he left this earth, Jesus went to be with the Father in heaven. Peter was there to watch that happen, actually. And Jesus said that he was going to send God's Spirit in his place. Not just to be around like Jesus was physically around. Not just to be near like Jesus was, for them, physically near. Not just to be available where you could go and you could find him, go make an appointment, you could be available and see Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus sent God's Spirit to actually, literally dwell inside of every Christ follower. And get this, as Cole said, Peter should know, because Peter was there the very day Jesus went to be with God in heaven, and uh, I'm sorry, Peter was also there the day that Jesus sent God's Spirit to move into and live inside of every Christ follower. And Peter says, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have God's Spirit inside of you. And therefore, you have absolutely everything that you need, everything, everything that I need, you need to live this life moment by moment. And get this, we have everything we need to live moment by moment the exact way that Jesus lived his life, decision by decision, step by step. You see, you as a Christ follower are lacking absolutely nothing. Which leads me to a really big question. Then why are we lacking so much? Why do we have plenty of words to talk about godly things but when it comes to our lives, my life, we don't look godly and we don't act godly and we don't make godly decisions. Now those are great questions. We're going to have to get to those in a little bit, so hang tight on those. Peter now goes on the following verse, right at where Cole left off. We have received all of this by coming to know Him
1: now, what Peter's talking about is not just coming to know about Jesus, and it's not just coming to know about what others have said about Jesus. So, for to give you kind of an example, Harley and I—we've eleven years we've known each other. I think eleven years this summer, right? I think
0: so. Two thousand nine.
1: Are you mad?
0: No, I'm okay. I didn't know if like this, that was a
1: bad topic for you or something.
0: <laughs> this seat, this seat is really hurting me. What? No, I'm just okay. Yes, I go.
1: I have a glutus minimus. <laughs> King of the Hill. Uh, anybody knows what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. King of the Hill. People. So anyway, Harley and I have known one another for eleven years, and I promise you at the beginning of that eleven year relationship, we could not have had that 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 discourse back and forth. We couldn't have done that. Uh, and, and actually, I knew about Harley before I knew Harley. I had, people had told me about him and said, "Yeah, he's this guy," and they had give me some some descriptions and, and all that some descriptions and different things. And uh, and I, I don't know, July or August. I actually met Harley, so I, I I knew who he was. I knew about him. Then I knew who he was. But it was a little bit later. I actually had a relationship with him, a personal relationship, and it's a relationship that has actually allowed him and I to actually share a motel room. Not a bed, a motel room in <laughs> Atlanta. in Atlanta, Georgia, again. Yes, um, yes, Where you just about got in a fight in well, a uh, at a Continental breakfast.
0: That was the old Harley. Yeah, I mean that Harley was Harley. years ago. Years ago, and in fact, what? Yeah, just to say, yeah. when I get under stress, that old Harley comes back, doesn't he? Just like old Harley kind of showed up this morning. This morning, old Harley has been around. <laughs> I just, I am, I, I just need to hit pause and say, I am so thankful not only for you cole i am so thankful for taylor and mckinley and dustin and ken and now beth today who have endured harley during uh technology setup um old harley was back you and you know you have seen old harley through the through the years
1: so i didn't mean to go into that but apparently he was feeling kind of
0: I needed to apologize to these guys.
1: We now have a personal relationship is what I'm trying to get to. We now, we, we, we know each other. We have a personal relationship. And that's what Peter's talking about. He's talking about a personal connection, relationship with Jesus. Peter's saying we have the divine power that we need found in God's Spirit because we personally know Jesus. Life to life, we know Jesus personally. Like Peter knew Jesus personally. Our our soul can know Jesus personally. And then Peter's going to go on, continuing where Harley left off, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And then verse 4, and because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. Now, I want to hit the pause button just for a second because this is important. These promises that Peter is talking about, these are not promises that are found in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Because Old Covenant promises were actually made for the nation of Israel. They weren't made for me, and they weren't made for you. They weren't made for us. They were made for the nation of Israel. Peter's talking about promises that Jesus made in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, what we call the New Testament. And then he goes on, he says, These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature, also known as God's Spirit. Sometimes we call it the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit. God's Spirit giving us everything that we need to live like Jesus lived. And he gives us everything that we need to, according to Peter, to escape the world's corruption caused by human desires.
0: Yeah. So now all of that corruption that Peter is speaking about, all of that mess that we live through, this corruption here on this earth, let me give you three examples of that because... It still goes on today. It went on when Peter was talking about this, and it's going on still today. The first one is, is this aspect of lust based upon what I see. So in other words, my eyes see something. What? What? Sorry, Colt, to embarrass you. My eyes see something. No, it wasn't. They can't
1: see it from my vantage
0: Oh, it's a horrible picture. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Other than the fact that it's 25 feet up on the screen, too. That's pretty bad. But my eyes see something, and it's like, oh, yeah. I want that. I want that. And it's this, and that corruption that Peter's talking about, that's one form. It's that lust of what I see. And then... There's that lust of what I do. Sometimes I turn what I see into what I do. Sometimes I skip that altogether and I just do that. It's that lust of what I do. It's what makes me feel really good, in that moment at least. And then there's this third kind of corruption that Peter's talking about, and that is this thing that, that... where I want you, somehow, anyway, sometimes, I want you to make me feel really important. And that's pride. Every bit of corruption in the world today, right now, has one of those three seeds in it. And every bit of my corruption in my life right now, at this moment has one of those three seeds in it. But God, Peter is telling us, has given me the very thing that Jesus used to defeat that. Because Jesus was tempted in all of those ways. And God has given me that very thing that Jesus used to defeat those. And Jesus, which is this, Jesus sent His very nature to live inside of us, and it is found completely in God's Spirit. I just can't, I need to move on, but I just want to say again, that very nature of Jesus, God has placed inside of me, and you if you're a Christ follower. And that is what allows me, in the moment to choose to follow him in the moment, which means this, Harley, I am without excuse. I should be living moment by moment, decision by decision, better than I am right now, Cole.
1: So again, we're not talking about Living the, the way we're saying the way we're talking about it, it's like we talked about it in the very beginning when we started I can fool you With my words. I can fool you with my words. I can make you think just about anything I want to with the way I talk I can change the way I communicate based on the people that I'm around and based on the scenario and the situation I find myself in so don't take my words for anything Look at how I'm living. Look at my life. Look at my decisions moment by moment, decision by decision. That's what Peter's talking about. He's talking about the way we're living minute by minute. Each minute, in fact, it's like a chase. It's like a chase, and that chase moment by moment, is moving my heart in one direction or another. We're, we're never static. You know, if you think about it, we're never still. We're always moving somewhere. We're either we're moving one direction or another. Every decision, whether it be audible or whether it just be internal, every decision that we make is moving my heart, my mind, my emotions, maybe even my body. It's moving me either closer to Jesus or it's moving me further away from Jesus. One or the other. It's not... There's no other options. It's either closer or further away, and every decision is moving me, and I'm constantly moving. Every decision that I make carries my heart one direction or another. Everything that I do, every action I take, either proves one of two things, that I love Jesus more, or, unfortunately, as is the case, I'm afraid more often, I love myself more. And that really leads us to the bottom line that we have this morning. So, today's bottom line every moment of my time proves my love's design. And my decisions prove that I'm designing my love for either me or I'm designing my love for Jesus. And that's where Peter picks up in uh, verse 5. He says, In view of all this, so it's like Peter's kind of saying, Okay, all that being said, those last couple of verses that, that I wrote down when I was writing that letter to you, everything that I said earlier. All that being said, here's here's what you need to do. Make every effort to respond to God's promises.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. So now Peter is saying, wait a minute, there's another part to this. God has a part, and he has done his part. Now I have a part, because this is not automatic. You see, God has given me everything I need, which is, what has he given me? The very nature of God inside of me in the form of as the Holy Spirit. But, I have something now that I must do. And Peter says, recognize All that God has done for me and all that God has done for you. Recognize what he has provided. And then this phrase, we're going to come back to it a couple times here, that Peter said, he said, make every effort. Make every effort. So, that means Harley, that means Cole. Peter is saying, you, me, are to make. Which means, I have to decide you have
1: to do something about what he said right. and not just that make every 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 minute by minute every moment By moment, You see, this isn't something that just kind of got crossed off the list when we made the decision to follow Jesus and to be baptized. It's not even something that's crossed off the list when we wake up in the morning and say, Okay, God, I'm going to give this day to you. Nothing wrong with that. Not knocking that, but that's not what Peter's talking about. This is an every moment following Jesus in that moment.
0: Yeah, so he said, make every, and that last word, effort make every effort, because this is not going to be easy. It is not for me. It is not for Cole. It has not also been for you. It's going to take effort. It's not going to be simple. It's going to take a lot of work. On our part, it's going to take some blood, some sweat, probably some tears and that is going to be effort and so i think we could summarize that to say it is going to take our all
1: well i I would say even it's almost like to me peter's giving us a recipe Mm -hmm. you know we talked a couple of weeks ago with our kids stuff we talked about how it there's it's a recipe and there are some uh irreplaceable ingredients it's almost like peter's giving us a recipe of how to do this what are we trying to do what's the end goal live like jesus how do we do it? Well, this is how we do it. And, and Peter's saying, you know, this is how you live life right now. He, he goes on, in fact, and he says this. He says, supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. I like that. So it's that like he's, he's going through it. He's like, oh, you need a little of this, you need a little of that. Oh, and by the way, you need to supplement your uh, faith with a generous portion of moral excellence. Each minute as you are in this chase and as you're in this process of either pursuing Jesus or moving away from Jesus... You know, you need to try to throw some moral excellence in there. And so what is moral excellence? What what does that mean? I think a great definition of moral excellence would be simply doing the right thing according to what God says the right thing is. Not what I think the right thing is. Not what society or politics or the government or just doing what's right according to what God says is right. I think that's a great definition. It is, it
0: is. And so Peter goes on with this recipe that he's giving us for how to do this moment by moment. And he says, so, and self-control, he said we need a good portion of that, but add to that uh, self-control, he said, No, moral excellence, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. So a good portion of this moral excellence, and to that we want to add this knowledge. We want knowledge added to that. In other words, every thought that I have in my life is going to do something. It's going to carry my heart either further away from Jesus or it's going to carry my heart to Jesus, closer to Jesus. And so it's um, it's 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 not talking about add to this knowledge ahead knowledge. It's this knowledge that leads to an action, knowledge, cold, that is lived right. out.
1: Knowledge, and then, as Harley's already mentioned, self control. Sorry about so that. So, as we, and then, well, it, you probably should take self control because I've kind of struggling with self control.
0: Obviously, um, I am today, well, too. <laughs> well, you're
1: talking today. I'm talking about over the last eight weeks. Uh-oh. I mean, who's gained weight oh, over my the last goodness. eight weeks? It's been rough.
0: Oh, it's been so it's bad. It's been rough.
1: Self control, man. Uh, But yeah, self-control, that's a big part of this that we're talking about, this minute by minute, moment by moment, are we moving toward or are we moving away? Um, Knowledge, verse 6, and self-control. Every decision that I make, as we've already talked about, it's going to take my heart one direction or another. I'm not staying still in the moment. I'm either getting closer to Jesus or I'm getting further away from Jesus, an inner strength um, to control my cravings, that's a part of the process.
0: Yeah, that's a that's that is a big part. Uh, he goes on, so he's given us this recipe and self-control. To that, we need to add patient endurance. In other words, everything that I do in my life, including me going. Uh, berserk this morning just trying to figure you out problems. I was inside right my head. In brain. I was berserk inside my brain. A- a- everything I do proves that I either love Jesus more or it proves that I love myself more. That's, everything that's I do. That's probably
1: the statement of all the ones that we make this morning when we were, I was going through uh-huh. I either love Jesus more or myself more. That was yeah. the one that kind of was like, oh. That one hit.
0: It does hurt. It hit. does hurt. Yeah. Because, and again, it, in moments of stress, that's when it comes out the most, or the fastest, <laughs> or the most clear. So, everything I do proves that I love Jesus more. And when we say everything I do, we're talking about that moment. It proves I love Jesus more, I love myself more. Um, and so, we want to keep walking and keep working this is what patient endurance is we want to keep walking and keep working under a heavy load and i want to pause here and just add that because this morning is a perfect example this morning was a has been a heavy emotional load but god has given me everything i need but i need to then choose in that moment add to that self-control, patient endurance under that heavy load, whatever it may be, I should be enduring, making a choice to endure with his help with what he's given me. Um, wow, this, this is a, uh, a dagger into the heart because um, this whole teaching, this is what we're talking about, it's the here and now, right now.
1: So patient endurance, godliness, um, you know, uh, moment by moment. Again, reverence and obedience, as as it is. And we keep saying moment by moment and minute by minute, and and sounds redundant. It sounds redundant, but that's really what it becomes. That's really what it. For me, that's what it has to be. Because when I take focus off of moment by moment, maybe a better better way. Decision yeah. by decision. That's when I get completely off track, is when I lose that decision by decision, and decisions that mount on top of one another, that find my heart moving toward Jesus.
0: Yeah, and he's not done with the recipe. He he has a couple more to go. So he wants us now to take what we've added with godliness, and again, God's done his part, this is our part, and we want to add to that brotherly affection which is day by day, it's now helping other people carry their load and protecting the unity, which, again, I'm just going to go back. I know I'm, I'm beating this beating horse,
1: but, the, but, right?
0: but that's exactly what was happening today. As I was getting stressed out about the technology and all these pieces not working, um, the guys in the back... They were helping me carry this load. They saw what was happening to me, and they saw he needs some brotherly affection. We got to help him out, and that's what they were doing. Um, and so this Paul is saying, I mean Peter is saying, here we go. We we're going to add to this recipe, and he's got one more big part but here. you know, to right, add.
1: that goes back to week three, what we talked about two weeks ago, where um, the, the 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 four steps to ruin your life. Yeah. Step three: who you who you choose to hang out with, and uh-huh. how important it is. Those people, are they going to throw negativity in your life? Or are they going to throw positivity in your life? I mean, I know we're totally off track. No, now, but, no, but no, we're not. there's something to be said for yes. that. So brotherly affection. Um, and then I like how you gave me this one. With love for everyone. <laughs> and that one can be difficult. It can. I know it can. It can be so difficult sometimes. And that's really, when I say that minute by minute, moment by moment, but decision by, uh, by decision, person by person, there it is for me. Person by person by person. Wanting what's best for that person, even when it might mean sacrificing what is best for me. Man, that's hard. And that, there's no way I can do that looking forward. That has to happen in The moment. Because if I don't take it minute by minute and decision by decision, I ain't doing it. I'm just not. It's not in my nature. And that's where, again, our bottom line, every moment of my time proves my love design. Where is my heart going? In other words, we could take everything that we've talked about this morning and I'm going to say this, and they're probably going to say, why didn't you just do that? <laughs> we can take everything that we could, that we're talking about this morning. I had a great uh, uh, composition teacher in, in college, one, and, and she made a great point about poetry. I hate poetry. I don't get it. I know you do. I just don't. I don't get it, and even though she made a great point, I still don't like it, but she said poetry is like taking a a story and boiling it down, boiling it down, boiling it down until you kind of get down to the essence of what it is, and then that's that's poetry, like, that's kind of what it is. And so it's kind of like, she said, like if you've got a big pot of soup and you boil it down and you boil it down and you get everything out and you are left with a concentrated, th- the soup, the flavor, the, you know, kind of the stuff. Well, if we were going to do that this morning to just kind of boil down everything and just kind of get it down to what we're talking about we're talking about living more like Jesus, the way Jesus lives. How can our life become a love song uh-huh. to him? By living the way that Jesus lived. And Peter says in verse 8, he says, the more you grow like this. So that, this is kind of letting us off the hook a little bit, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I like this. I like this verse. Because we, we were kind of yeah, ratching we were, we were, it down, we hammering it down. There. And Peter says, oh, okay, okay. okay take the okay. pressure
1: off a little bit. Peter yeah. takes the pressure off a little bit here in verse 8. And he says, the more you grow like this. So the way we take that is, it doesn't just happen all of a sudden. This isn't a, you become a follower of Jesus and boom, there it is. Man, I am, I'm a Christian and I am good at this. And I am great and I am doing all these things. No, that's not what it's talking about. It doesn't happen all of a sudden. It is a lifelong... Slow process of growing bit by bit, little by little, decision by decision, where one decision is added on another decision in increasing amounts. And before you know it, you look up and you say, You know what? From where I was to where I am in the moment, my heart was moving toward Jesus. And I didn't, maybe didn't even realize it. But as I'm making my decisions, I see it. Kind of, you know, as you look back in hindsight, man. I did it. I didn't even realize I was doing it maybe. But as we make those moment by moment decisions, we're moving closer to Jesus, becoming more like Him in the way we live our life. And that is how our life can be a love song to Him. And then Peter goes on he says that the more you grow like this, he says, the more productive and useful you will be in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you're in here this morning right now, and you have not fallen asleep because you've been used to watching from the comfort of your living room, and this is a little different. We understand. So if you're still with us, or you're watching right now on YouTube, or you're watching on Facebook, Harley, you do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. This is a great self-test. Okay? This is a great self-test right here. Think in your life. Maybe think over the course of the last year, month, week, maybe this morning. Maybe you shouldn't do this morning. Maybe. Maybe I yesterday. should. Maybe yesterday. yesterday. Do you? Okay. And think these things that we've talked about, these traits, these uh, character traits that we've talked about, these different ways that we can become more like Jesus, or that our life is becoming more like Jesus, are they present? Are they there?
0: I, I want to say something about that. Yeah. I, you told me to think about yesterday, and so that's what I was doing, giving myself tests for yesterday, and I want to say, I did better. Yesterday, because I did what's coming up at the end of this teaching in just a moment. I did the next step. I was doing that yesterday.
1: I did do better yesterday. So, are they there? And Hmm. then, maybe an even better question. If you look at your life, again, look at it moment by moment, decision by decision, but look at it in the kind of the macro, maybe as opposed to a snapshot, more of a kind of a reel of your life. Is it increasing? Are you seeing those decisions mounting upon themselves as your heart's moving closer to Jesus? Because every moment of my time proves my love design. Is my, and I'm speaking of me, myself, because i got to be honest, I'm kinda in the same boat as you. I was yesterday. I, I didn't have a great day yesterday. <laughs> oh
0: no. I,
1: I didn't have a great day yesterday. I had a really bad day
0: yesterday. You did? Yeah. We I, I was so busy tomorrow I didn't even get time to check in with you.
1: That's good. We we were good. But anyway. I have to look at myself and I have to ask that question. Is my life a love song to me? To what makes me happy, to what, what uh, makes me satisfied, whether it be in my family or in my personal life, or is my life a love song to Jesus? And if it's not Jesus, for me at least, that's a problem, and the reason it's a problem for me, and I can't speak for anybody else that's in this room, I can speak for me, because I know that I am a follower of Jesus, without a doubt. No question in my mind. And so I know without a doubt that God has given me every tool that I need to do it. And yet, so often, I don't. And that's where, unfortunately, Peter goes from letting us off the hook to kind of putting us back on the hook. And this is what he says in verse 9. Peter says, but for those who fail to develop in this way. So apparently, Peter's saying, look, just because you can doesn't mean you will. And for those that do not, this is what he says, for those that fail to develop in this way, they're short-sighted or blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins.
0: Okay, so what Peter is giving us here, what Cole just read, and you read on the screen, he gives us the very picture with which we started today. He's saying, you know, we've got this view from back there, from our past, and he's saying, you know, we can casually say, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, that was forgiven, no no big deal, that's been forgiven. And he, Peter's saying, and we have this view ahead of us, over there, that future, and we casually say, oh yeah, sure, yeah, you know, one day, one day, I'll be in heaven, if you're a Christ follower. And he's saying, but we are short-sighted, and we are blind To the here and to the now. This moment right now. So what does the gospel have to do with right now? And for the person who's not living like Jesus. What does the gospel have to do with them right now? And that person that's not growing daily. More and more like Jesus. Peter's saying they fail or they fall into this giant hole of the here and now, this gospel hole. We're good with the gospel there. We're good with the gospel here. But this gospel of what does that mean for me, moment by moment by moment, and Peter's saying they fall into that hole if we are not growing like Cole just described what Peter, Peter said. They might be able to talk about forgiveness They might be able to talk about hope, the hope we have of heaven. They might be able to talk about godly things and carry on conversations. But when we look at the movie of their life, it looks nothing like what they talked about. Peter, the one that Cole reminded us, he walked daily with Jesus He's one of the guys who saw Jesus tortured and saw Jesus executed. One of the guys who then, three days later, saw Jesus physically alive. Not as a ghost, not as a spirit. Physically alive. Again, now here's what Peter says. The way we live our lives should be shouting a love song to Jesus. And here's how he ends this. Two verses. Verse 10. So he says this. He says, so, uh, let me get back there. I left it. He says this. He says, so dear brothers and sisters, he says, work hard to prove that you, oh, work hard to prove this. I mean, he's hammering us. Work hard to prove that you really are are among those who are called and chosen. God did his part. We're doing a part. Do these things, Peter says, and you will never fall away. Now, we need to highlight this. He's not saying you will never fall down. We're going to continue. We're we're on this side of heaven. We are going to continue to fall down and stumble. Sometimes we fall hard. Sometimes we just fall lightly. But we're going to continue to fall down. But it means if we're really a follower of Jesus, we are not going to fall away and stop following Jesus. And in verse 11, Peter ends, ends this with this. Then God will give you a grand This leads me to believe, Cole, that there might be some different kinds of uh, grandness or not so grandness to the entry into heaven. He says, then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Maybe that's kind of in contrast. We don't know, but it could be in contrast because we know elsewhere in the New Covenant, it says that there are some who are just going to barely get in. Kind of like they're barely escaping the flame. They're going to come in smoking. (laughs) They're going to come in smoking. And maybe he's saying, you know what, if we're doing this, if we're, our lives are singing a love song to Jesus, he's welking, welcoming us in in this grand entrance into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Hint, hint. God talks about both kinds of entrances. Both entrances are completely dependent upon, number one, that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way in. Nothing that we do. But the here and now, how we live our lives right now, have to do with our lives shouting out a love song for Jesus or they're shouting out a love song for me. So what are we going to do today with what we have heard? And I've just got an idea for you. God's Spirit may speak to you and may may convict you in another area, but I have an idea. Uh, some way that we can bring ourselves back to the reality of the here and now. We're so busy living the here and now that we forget to connect it with Jesus, the here and now. We need some way to bring ourselves back to the reality of Jesus in the here and now. And what are we going to do with him? Knowing that Everything I do proves that I either love Jesus more or I love myself more. And that means every moment of my time proves my love design. How can we capture the power of the moment? And then as Cole said, it increases. We add moment to moment during the day. Moment to moment during the day. And eventually it becomes every moment. Now, you might have a better way, but if not, I'm going to ask you for this month, maybe, maybe for you just this week, but I would encourage you to do this for the next month. Would you join us for another 60-60 experiment? Now, here's how the 60-60 experiment works. We encourage you. We encourage you to take your cell phone and set kind of a silent reminder, one of those vibration reminders, to go off every once, every 60 minutes, once an hour of your awake part of the day. In other words, when you set your alarm to get up in the morning, then from that moment every hour during your awake part of the day until you're until you're towards the end of your day winding things down, whatever time that is for you. Well, you set a silent phone reminder to just go off. And that reminder is there for one reason. It's to, kind of, it's to kind of bring you back to reality in that moment. Because if you're like me, during that hour, you have gotten very busy living life right now moment by moment. But just maybe, Jesus has not been a part of all of those moments. And so that brings you back to this reality. That alarm goes off. You're the only one that hears it or feels it. And, and it brings you back to that moment. And in that moment... You're able to talk with Jesus inside of your heart, inside of your mind, and you're able to ask Him, Jesus, what do you want me to do with this moment? I told you just a a moment ago that as Cole asked that question, that self-test, as he told me, he said, Harley, maybe you should look at yesterday. And as I did, do you know why yesterday... And I had some stressful moments yesterday. Uh, Vanessa and I were putting together um, these chairs. I am not a carpenter. I have some carpentry tools, but I'm not a carpenter. And when things don't go right, like it was happening this morning with technology, when things don't go right, I can get really stressed out. But every hour, I was brought back to reality yesterday. The reality of, is Jesus a part of this moment? And I was able to pull on these resources that Peter spoke of, the Holy Spirit who is inside of every Christ follower and I was able to bring myself back to that moment and I was able to surrender that moment to Jesus. And that's what the uh, the 60-60 experiment is all about. And we're just asking you, will you join us on that experiment? I would encourage you to do it for a month because that will If you're anything like me, that will help you make your life a love song to Him. Join me as we talk to our Heavenly Father right now. Jesus, as the songwriter wrote, He said, Where can I go? Where can I run from you? You are everywhere. He says, you know all my thoughts, you see through all of my ways, and still, Jesus, you come to me. And because of that, he says, so I am making my life a love song to you, Jesus. And all we can say to that is a resounding amen.